And you are listening to Faith FM. We have come into our second hour this morning on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Well, it's actually, I can see blue outside of the studio right now. Uh, but right now, we are going to have our next clue for the quiz. For 400 points, who was Israel, uh, or Jacob's, firstborn son? 0491 is the number to call if you know the answer. And if you do for 400 points, you can receive a book from our selection of bargain books. But again, that question was for 400 points. Who was Israel or Jacob's firstborn son? 0491 And now I believe we have a couple of text messages to get through, Lyle. Yeah, we've got some text messages here. And a quick reminder, we'd love to hear from you guys. So please do send us a message or give us a call. Uh, particularly as we're now about to launch into our Bible study. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the Bible study this morning. Uh, somebody's asking, is Russia really the aggressor or was it false information that caused the war? Or was it false information that caused the war in Iran? Yeah, remember. Maybe that's said- Iraq. Anyway. Iraq, yeah. As far as I know, they, st- oh yeah, okay. As far as I know, they still haven't found the weapons of mass destruction, though. Mm-hmm. They have not found those. Mm-hmm. It was definitely false information that caused, that, that, imagine that thinking gave the I- justification for that war. Imagine thinking Iraq has nukes, though. Well, they thought they had biological weapons. Okay. Yeah, I was alive back then. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, interesting, uh, interesting thought. And, and, and this is the thing, you know, the truth is the first, casualty of war mm-hmm. and we're getting so much information it's just kind of like well what do you know what's true and what do you know what's not true mm-hmm. what we do know is true is that putin has inv- invaded ukraine mm-hmm. and what we do know that is true is that that was a bad idea mm-hmm. uh, just as it was a bad idea to go into iraq mm-hmm. uh, the world has been a far worse place since iraq was invaded it yes. did not make it's it did not make the world a better place it cost countless numbers of lives, bathed the nation in blood and all on false pretenses. Mm. Uh, And it wasn't worth any of it. It just made the world the worst place. Uh, Let me see. While I totally disagree with wars, history tells us many were started with a lie. It reminds me of the first war. There was a war in heaven caused by a lie and it continues today. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so, yeah, interesting uh, observation and very, very true when it comes to wars. It's all about lies. Uh, as far as the Middle East and refugees, yes, there seems to be discrimination, unfortunately maybe with reason, as thousands of men left the country causing havoc in the countries they passed through. Um, I, I'm not convinced that thousands have caused havoc. There's definitely been havoc caused by refugees who have left the Middle East, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to get that from any nation. Uh it has certainly been heightened by the religious you know, ideology and agenda coming out of the Middle East. Mm. There's no question about that. Uh, will we have that same level coming out of the Ukraine? Probably not, but that does not mean that we should not be accepting uh, and helping the refugee crisis wherever we can, aiding mm. the refugee crisis, either by bringing you know, refugees here to Australia or by supporting them in situ where they arrive. We need to... You know, as Christians, we need to be generous when it comes to refugees, and we need to, we need to not get confused as we so often do between refugees and illegal immigration. Mm. Two different issues, two very separate issues. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> Ukraine. The Pope sent two cardinals. History repeats itself. Uh, will there be peace to make the Pope look good for the future ruler of the world? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. 
Interesting thought. Religious wow. leaders through the ecumenical movement have agreed behind the scenes on the future leader of the religious world. The Pope, according to prophecy, the glue that holds them is Sunday worship. A uh, battalion of Nazi soldiers are causing havoc in Ukraine. It's an interesting thought. I have heard about this before. I haven't seen confirmation of it yet uh, that has been credible, but, you know, uh, there's certainly been atrocities that have taken place uh, in Ukraine and other places. No country is guiltless. We need to remember that. Mm. Uh, Signs of the Time magazine, the great resignation, that the trend has been forced on the population is harder than you think in a world that is falling apart which will actually stress people even more. Amazingly, 97% of small businesses in Australia have failed normally within five years. There is no safe place in this world but in the arms of God. Mm. We've also seen many large chain stores that have gone bankrupt, yeah, and that's you know a whole bunch of different factors going on there. And you, know, and you read, you know, we're constantly getting... Um, <laughs> this is frustrating to me. We are constantly hearing the crisis of uh, AMBOs, we don't have enough AMBOs, we don't have enough nurses, we don't mm. have enough GPs. I mean, it's all over the newspaper this morning, the GP crisis that we've got. There's a whole bunch of, there's a whole slew of GPs and nurses and AMBOs and whatnot sitting there waiting to be employed. Yeah, wow. Just employ them already. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how long are we going to wait before we put these people back to work? It's like, oh, we have to bring them in from overseas. Well, that's only going to increase the crisis overseas. Mm. We have our own local GPs and nurses, etc., waiting to be employed. Mm. Just employ them. Uh, in the news, oil market to skyrocket in the price in price because of plans of stopping oil from Russia. Uh, the world goes through more pain. How is that going to help anyone? Russia supplied most of the heating oil to Europe. They're Oof. going to have a cold winter. The whole thing is just a disaster. Yeah, and it's caused by Putin. He should <laughs> never have done this. Uh, where our oil prices are already through the roof, it's it's just it just hurts everybody. It does, and I paid a dollar eighty nine for E ten the other day, oh, and for E ten, yeah, oh, and uh, I was Ouch. I was upset, bro. I think it was just like a momentary spike. I was like, you know, no, that's not a momentary spike. No, not that's like because usually no, usually E ten like lately has been like a dollar eighty four. No, sorry, a dollar seventy nine. Dollar seventy four to a dollar seventy nine, kind of around that region. But then I think it was like it was like late at night. I was driving home. There was no other servos I could get to. I needed to fill up my car for radio the next day, and I paid a dollar eighty nine for E ten. And I was like, "This is painful." You took the pain and so that you could be here at radio. That's so right. Talk of to, course talk to I did. I call, of course I did. And I know because that we love our listeners. We I, love you guys. I know that my suffering in this area isn't compared to the suffering of those going through invasion <laughs> right now, but I just as much wanted to stop if it's going to lead to cheaper fuel. Oh, you know. I mean, everything's so much more expensive than it used to be. Inflation is going up already. Economies have been wrecked for the last two years by COVID. Mm. The last thing we need right now is another war. Oh, dude. It was the very last thing we need. Yeah. Man, we should talk one day about inflation versus interest rates. We can turn Faith FM into talking about money and understanding the economy because it's really interesting, the predicament that we're in. We're, we're basically, we're so close to economic crash like because it's either inflation goes up and your money's worth nothing or they raise interest rates and then all the companies that have just been borrowing money to exist all die. So, and not only that, but you know, you've got, you've got all kinds of people that just uh, start selling their houses because they can't afford their mortgage anymore, mm. and so real estate crash. You know, just it, it just it just uh, it just it just keeps going. Yep, 
Yep. But, you know, what can we rely on? The Word of God, of which we are looking at right now. Hebrews. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. We are in Hebrews chapter 10. And we've been looking here. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's mm. just uh, review what we were reading the last few verses there. Uh, my Bible is. <laughs> He's trying to find his missing pages. <laughs> well, please. Okay, guys. Like, but I like this one, all right? It's got every, it knows where to turn to. It's well trained. You, but it's you've just, been flipping pages for like the last 25 seconds, Lyle. Come on. Okay, right. so we're going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1 again. Okay, it says, The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Okay, so this is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the concept of the sacrifices that were repeated year after year. So we're going to talk about our yearly sacrifices mm-hmm. rather than the daily sacrifices. We're going to be a little bit more specific in what we are actually researching and uh, and studying from the Word of God. And so uh, let's 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 talk a little bit about some of the yearly sacrifices. And we're going to talk about the Passover. We're going to talk about Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about the Feast of Unleavened Breads. Uh, unleavened bread. We're going to talk about the first fruits, etc., and what they symbolized and how Jesus fulfilled them. Mm. Because if you go back to chapter nine and verse twenty-four, why don't you read that one for us there, please? In chapter nine and verse twenty-four, the Bible says, "For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf." Okay, so the Bible teaches that. Every Hebrew male was to travel to uh, Jerusalem mm-hmm. for a number of these yearly services every year and to present himself before God. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So there were seven yearly feasts. There were three that uh, every male had to, t- had to attend every year and to bring a sacrifice as mm. an offering. Um, and those three were the Passover, uh, Pentecost and booths. Mm. I like the feast of booths. Isn't it? Don't you just get intense? It's camp meeting. It's just you just, it's just camp. camp. It's just big camp. Oh, that's so feast awesome. Feast of booths is just dude. big camp. It's ancient big camp is all it was. <laughs> it was the best. And uh, for those of you who uh, might belong to a uh, a church or a faith tradition that doesn't have an annual big camp, then hey, come and join ours. We've got one happening Wait. in April. Wasn't. Was the Feast of Booths also called the Feast of Tabernacles? Yes. Oh, okay. So we're just calling tents like temples Booths. now. That's awesome. Yeah. Nah, we should call it the Feast of Tabernacles. Well, a tabernacle is just a tent. And and when we and when we go to big camp this year, we're all setting up in our tabernacles. Yes. That's so awesome. Oh, yes. That's exciting. Yes. All right. So we've got uh, we've got these. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you if you've never been to one of these kinds of, and this is not the Feast of Tabernacles, it's not the Feast of Booths that we're having when we have big camp. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have it on those dates and we don't do those sacrifices, just in case yep. you're wondering. Yeah, uh, there's we no just, dead animals. We just get together and study the Bible for a week and mm-hmm. live in tents and hang out with everybody and make Faith FM is going to be there as well. Faith FM will be there. Uh, it's always an amazing experience. It's a huge celebration. Uh, it's fantastic uh, in the North New South Wales region and in South Queensland. Uh, it'll be happening in April. So give us a call uh, on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you'd like to come and check it out and see what it's all about. We'll see what we can do for you. 
Uh, but it's a fantastic experience. Anyway, um, let's think about this. What did these symbolize and why was it so important that the Israelites were to go to Jerusalem or go to the temple and participate in these three times a year? What did they actually point forward to? And so if we look at the first of these, which was the Feast of Passover, Mm. historically what was this all about? The Exodus. Yes. Right? You know. The angel of the Lord passes over the land and everyone who had their doors painted with blood, the blood of a lamb was protected uh, and basically enabled the slaves to be able to be free, to be emancipated and leave Egypt. And so the angel of the Lord passed over those houses that were covered by the blood Mm. of the lamb. Mm. And this was the angel of judgment, the angel of judgment that came down and killed every firstborn that there was in Egypt. Mm. So... When you look at this, the protection that was afforded to the people of God and or to the Egyptians, because there are many Egyptians who are like, yeah, we're going to put blood on the doorposts of our house as well mm. because we've seen the power of Yahweh. And so they've gone out and they've sacrificed a lamb and they've put blood on their doorposts and any house that had blood on its doorposts, the angel passed over because it was covered by the blood of the lamb. Mm. Jesus died on the Passover. Mm. It was the Passover festival when Jesus died, and the Passover lamb, it was the Passover lamb that escaped the sacrifice when the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That's according to uh, to, to tradition. Uh, that lamb escaped, and of course, you know, that would certainly match up with what the Bible says. Uh, but the certainly the veil of the temple was torn in two from mm. top to bottom, symbolizing that it had come to an end because Everything that the Passover had pointed forward to had now been fulfilled by Jesus on the cross because his blood was shed and anybody who was covered by the blood of Jesus, the angel of judgment would pass over. Mm. Why? Because our sins have been covered and blotted out by the blood of Jesus. Now, the Passover uh, was on the 14th day. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was on the 16th. And the first fruits was on the 17th, the next day. And so you had a three-day weekend with each one of them being a different festival. Let's talk about first fruits for a moment. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Yes, sir. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Lawson, go for it. Okay, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, the Bible says, Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like fresh a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So let us celebrate the festival not with the old bread of wickedness and evil, but with new bread of sincerity and truth. Okay, so the Passover here, a symbol of what Jesus has done for us. Yes. Uh, Passover, of course, followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread mm. uh, when Jesus rested in the tomb. And what is Paul saying? He's like, look, get the, get the yeast out of your bread, out of your life. Mm. The yeast, the fermentation process was a symbol of sin because when fermentation takes place within uh, the bread or whatever it else might be, uh, the what it does is that fermentation process goes through the entire loaf. Mm. It's kind of like sin. We think, ah, sin is just a small thing. You know, we'll just have a little bit of it. You know, we'll have a snippet here or a snippet there. It'll be fine. 
And so, you know, it'll, 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 you know, I'll have a little bit of sin in my finger and it will stay in my finger and the rest of me will be fine. No, you put a little bit of sin in your finger and it's going to go through your whole body. That's right. That's why you need to cut it off. Yes. (laughs) As the Bible says. Bible says if uh, if it causes you to sin, cut it off and get rid of it and Mm. throw it away from you. Better off to uh, enter into life without it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, You've got, uh, uh, and, and so Paul's like, look, get it, get rid of the, the leaven out of your life. Mm. Surrender your sin to God. Be done with it. And so the Passover here, a symbol of Jesus Christ, the yeast being a symbol of sin, the unleavened bread being a symbol of Jesus Christ who was sinless and is the bread of life. And uh, then we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20, and we have the day of Passover, followed by the day of unleavened bread, followed by the first fruits. First mm-hmm. Corinthians fifteen verse twenty. The Bible says, "But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first end of a great harvest of all who died." Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what is Jesus here? The Bible says, "The first fruits of a great harvest of all who died." Yes. And so, the first fruits. What happened on the on the third day? Jesus was resurrected, mm-hmm. and he is the first of the resurrected. Uh, he is he is the the example, I guess, of what Jesus, what God will do when Jesus returns and resurrect the righteous back to be with Him. Mm. Okay, so then let's think about uh, Pentecost for a moment. Uh, Pentecost comes. What was it? Fifty days later, and what was Pentecost a symbol of? Um. It was like 50 days, like, because it wasn't it like 50 days from Passover, essentially. Like, that's yes. what it represented. Like, and it, it was like a jubilee, like a post-Passover jubilee, right? Because Yes. Isn't that, isn't that essentially, is there anything more? Yes. Okay. What, what is it about? What is it about? Uh, you go 50 days from Passover and you have the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, Pentecost is all about the giving of the law. Mm-hmm. All right, so why do you think that God chose Pentecost as the time to pour out the Holy Spirit? Ooh, well, I guess we could... Ref- a celebration of the law. Let's point, pour out the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I guess we could reflect on, like, what we've been reading in Hebrews chapter 8 a couple of weeks ago, you know, this idea that God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can keep the law, you know, that we've failed in our... Uh, we failed in our ability to follow him, but now he not only gives us instruction, but also ability to be able to to keep his law by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, he writes the the law on our hearts and on our minds. That that's my thought. Am I like am I like off the beaten track? Or no, I think you're actually right on the money. <laughs> there, there you go. I also think that I think there's a whole bunch of things here that you know the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey God. Mm. The Holy Spirit is given to those who who keep the law of God. Now, of course, we can't keep the law without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit is given to those who surrender themselves to keep the law of God. Yes. So often, you know, it amazes me how, as human beings, we will try and twist these things around. And we will look at the day of Pentecost, and so often I've heard this argument, you know, where the Holy Spirit came on the Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit replaces the law of God. In the, in the Old Testament, they had to follow the law of God. In the New Testament, we have to follow the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit came on the Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, not to show that the law had been done away with, but to show that the Holy Spirit is given to those who surrender themselves to God to keep his law. 
Mm. And to illustrate that it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, only by the power of God, that we are able mm. to keep the law of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we look at these yearly festivals, what we find here is that these were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Now, we've got a whole slew of text messages uh, that have come through during this section. We're going to come back in just a moment and go through those. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on The Breakfast Show. All right. Got a clarification on a uh, on a text message here that I got, which um, auto-corrected, messed up, and I'm like, what is this text message about? It says, sun is like a cancer. Do something or you will die. And I'm thinking, sun, skin cancer. Oh, come on, Lyle. It's one cut. Like, as soon as you say it, I don't know what it is. It's one vowel in the middle. Like, sin is like a cancer. It will kill you. Yes. But sun and cancer, we talk about those two together all the time in that context, and I was just so confused. (laughs) Autocorrect really messes people up sometimes. Anyway, messed me up this morning. Sin is like a cancer. It will kill you. Um, And then uh, we've got a further explanation here that's come through. If you don't do anything about it, it will spread and cause you and your loved ones a lot of pain before killing you. Absolutely. Uh, Great message right there. Uh, we've also got this one. Uh, the quicker we go solar, the more useless Russian oil is. That's right. I just want my solar-powered Tesla, bro, and then I don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to be the ultimate solution. I think that we need to be increasing our renewables for sure. Mm. But I don't think that's going to... I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a complex one. That one, that one's coming through there from Freco. Um, it's definitely something we need to be promoting. No question about that. I just want my solar-powered Ducati, like motorbike. Yes. And I can just ride it around. A lot of space on the motorbike for solar panels, isn't there? Nice. <laughs> put them on the top of the helmet. And plug yeah, in. that's right. That's right. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, let's have the uh, five hundred pointer, and I just need to say that. So I say now. Uh, I guess so. I'll say now. Yeah. Freco has the answer. Yeah. He knows. The guy's a genius. Yeah. He is He is on the money. But you guys also have the opportunity to know the answer too. Yes. Sarah, again, for 500 points, same as yesterday, what was the name of Judah's first son? Okay, okay. so this was the same question from yesterday if you were wondering how Freco has the answer. Yep. We're repeating it again. Uh-huh. We're giving you all another crack at it. That's right. We had a bit of a dismal effort on this one last time. What was the name of Judah's first son? Okay. Pretty simple stuff. And, like, the prize this morning is fantastic. It's, like, one of the best, most expensive prizes we can give out. It's the Revive Cafe Cookbook. It is a massive, hardcover cookbook full of an incredible vegan and vegetarian healthy recipes. In fact, in the previews right now, I'm seeing a vegetarian. It's, like, deep dish pizza with, like, sweet potato and stuff. What else is here? Um, oh, I'm trying to see. Oh, they, they've cut off the names. Anyways, these recipes are amazing. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Again, what was the name of Judah's first son? And you can win yourself you know the answer, a Revive Cafe cookbook. All right, let's turn our Bibles to, uh, where we go here, uh, Psalms chapter 42 and verse 2. Psalms 42, 42 and, and verse, verse 2. 2. That's what we're heading next. 
cla- a classic. I, I I don't know what it is, but I'm just assuming it's in it's in you. Yeah. It's in it, Psalms. It's in Psalms. Good. It's got to be good. You can pretty much refer to any Bible verse as a classic, right? Because it's it's old enough and it's been read enough. You know, like the uh, the the concept of a classic is something that is old but like very critically acclaimed and appreciated. I wonder what the least read verse of the Bible is. Oh, that's a good question. We should, we should ask Bible Gateway that. Yeah. What is the least searched verse of the Bible? I reckon it's Deuteronomy twenty three one. And then we should. And then we, when we find out what it is, we should preach a sermon on it. Sure. We'll put it out as a challenge. I, I bet it's to a Deuter- bunch of preachers. I bet it's Deuteronomy twenty three one. Nah. Nah. What? It's gonna be something in the last chapter of Ezekiel. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you've like the last chapters of Chronicles or something like that. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Psalm chapter 42 and verse 2, the Bible says, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Okay, so this is an interesting uh, passage here. When uh, David talks about going and standing before God, it's actually a reference to these particular festivals when they would travel to Jerusalem. Of course, he didn't have to travel very far, sort of walk up the hill to the the temple Mm. because he lived there. But it was what the festivals were all about, going Mm. and being face-to-face with God. Mm. Psalm 17, verse 15. Let's go over there. Psalm 17 and verse 15. The Bible says, Because I am righteous, I will see you. When I awake, I will see you face-to-face and be satisfied. All right, so what does it mean to see God? Uh, It says, you know, he sees him face-to-face. Yes, but is he actually really seeing God face to face? I mean, God says no one can see my face and live. Mm. So I guess it's, there's some kind of presence. Yes. Um, but it also like when... Are there other ways of seeing other than by looking? Yeah. Do blind sure. people see things? Uh, yes. Absolutely they do. Uh-huh. They just see things through different senses than what mm. we do. Um, can you see what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. Okay, so there are lots of different ways of seeing Mm -hmm. things And uh, what does it mean to see God? It simply means to experience God Mm. And so why would they travel to Jerusalem three times a year? And of course, you know, more times than that as well But particularly three times a year for these annual festivals The reason that they would travel there would be to see and to experience God Mm. And this is one of the things that is very much different about the Jewish religion uh, or the Judeo-Christian religion, is the concept of having a relationship with God, the concept of a very personal God. Typically gods that exist in in other religions, and particularly at this time, were not relational gods. Mm. They were gods who existed, and uh, at best we were there, we, we, we existed for their entertainment. Mm. Um, and... And, and and so, you know, at, at worst they were just, you know, angry beings who we had to appease all the time so they didn't smash us. Mm. But when it comes to the Judeo-Christian God or the Abrahamic God, I, I, I think we should say, the Abrahamic God is a very, very relational God. God is a very relational God. He created us because he loves us. We are his children. He cares for us like a father cares for his children. He wants to have a relationship with us like a father wants uh, wants to have a relationship mm. with his children. This is the kind of God that we have right here, and this is why these festivals existed. Let's go over to Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. So while you're talking about Chronicles, 
Here it comes. I was just reading Chronicles this morning, and I was like, man, this is a interesting book. So, Second Chronicles... Chapter 7 and verse 14. Actually, uh, I reckon the, the least read part of the Bible is the first, first nine chapters of the book of Chronicles. Uh, because the first nine chapter, chapters of the book of Chronicles are genealogies and like spanning from like Adam through to basically to Saul and David. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse, was it 17 long? Verse 14. Verse 14, the Bible says, uh, as I find it here on the page, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. Okay. All right. Uh, notice here that uh, the answer, the, 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 what, what is being stated here uh-huh. is that God will hear their land, heal their land mm-hmm. when they worship him mm-hmm. on these festivals and they come to the temple and they experience him and spend time with him. Mm. Let's look at another one in Psalms 27 and verse 8. Got you flicking through the pages. Oh, man, the Lyle's got me all over the place. I'm, I'm, uh, this is some Bible-turning Olympics right here. Psalm chapter... 27 verse 8. Psalm 27 and verse 8, uh, where the Bible says, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Okay, so how is the communication taking place here? Well, verbally. And heart to heart. Mm. My heart is talking to your heart. Your heart is talking to my heart. Mm. Yeah, this is a very personal God. And this is what these ceremonies were all about. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. As we come to questions of time, we're going to give away some answers right now. Some of you might get a little bit surprised at some of these answers, uh, particularly that last one. The prize, of course, is gone. Who are we giving congratulations to, Producer Shell? Rachel. Ah, Rachel, Rachel. congratulations for getting the 500-pointer this morning. Uh, We've got a couple of text messages, and we have a question of the day. Uh, Yes, so each one... Oh, let's let's give away the answer. So for 100 points, the answer was Benjamin for 200, Stick for 300, Stephen for 400, Reuben, and for 500, the answer was... What was the name of Judah's first son? His name was Ur. But right now, it is time for... Question of the day. All right, Lyle, our question of the day today is, the blood that got sprinkled on the veil in the sanctuary and and yearly in the most holy place would have been a lot. Did the curtain ever get washed? Because you would think it would get really smelly even with the incense. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I don't have the full answer to this. Uh, The Bible doesn't actually specify how the temple was cleansed apart from how the sin was cleansed out of the temple. And so what you've got is that with a sin offering, you have the priest who takes the blood from the sin offering, takes it into the holy place, sprinkles it on the veil, on the floor in front of the veil, and on the four horns of the golden altar. And this is something that we often talk about because it is the best symbolism or representation of how God deals with sin. Uh, then, of course, you've got the sprinkling of the blood that takes place on the most holy place, on the on the Ark of the Covenant once a year, and its purpose was to cleanse all of the sin that was in the holy place. Now, there's a couple of things to bear in mind, and that is that the primary and usual practice of transferring sin into the holy place was not by the blood, it was by the body. 
And so the Bible talks about Jesus. He carried our sins in his body on the tree. And so the more usual practice was that what would happen is when you made the sacrifice, you would cut off a portion of that sacrifice. You would wash that portion. Uh, it, it would be washed by the priests in the laver. It would be then cooked and eaten by the priests so that when they went into the holy place, they would carry those sins in their own body, just as Jesus carried our sins in his body on the cross. And so you've got a lot more sin that is being transferred via the body than via the blood. So that reduces the blood dramatically. It doesn't say that there is uh, no blood there. And certainly we would ask the question, well, you know, what about the blood that is there? Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of, you know, ideas that have floated around, and that is that very little would have been sprinkled on the veil, and the majority would have been sprinkled on the floor and on the four horns of the golden altar. Um, and so uh, in one of the Mishnas, it has this to say. Uh, this is uh, Midos chapter 3, says that the altar and its ramp were cleansed or cleaned every Friday with a cloth because of the blood. Uh, so, you know, we weren't there. We didn't see it happen. Uh, this is simply what it says. And so you probably got, you know, a few specks that go onto the curtain and a whole bunch that goes onto the floor during this time would get wiped down. But we need to remember that while we talk about the sin offering, there was two ways of transferring sin into the holy place. One way was via the blood and one way was via the body. And nearly all the time it was done uh, via the body carrying, uh, the, the priest carrying the sin in his own body on the uh, as a result of eating part of the sacrifice. Okay, so hopefully that helps out with uh, answering this question, shedding a little bit more light on it. It brings us to the end of our show. We've got one final text message coming through here from Rachel who says, P.S. Keep up the awesome program. I love the way you don't shy away from hard things. Love the mix of current news and Bible. Praise God, Rachel. Please continue to keep us in prayer that we'll be able to continue to say the things on radio that we say. Uh, We don't know how long that will last. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Of course, at this time of the day, we always remind you that Tassie Encounters is coming up, so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Jason Cook and his team will be joining you. They always have some amazing content on their show. And, of course, if you would like to be part of a small group Bible study, they are happening right across Australia right now, many of them by Zoom, so you can join from wherever. So give us a call on 0491064669 and join one of those. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith. You become like Jesus. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.